0: Hi, and welcome to AGM Watch, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders' Association. Coming up on the 19th of October 2021 is the Tabcorp Limited AGM. Our company monitor is Mike Muntasoff. Hello, Mike.
1: Hi, Phil. Pleased to be with you again.
0: I know. Second season of um, AGM Watch, and um, you're one of the previous stars.
1: (laughs) Well, I wish I was a star.
0: (laughs) Ah, no, no. You're a star in the, the association's mind. So we're talking today about Tabcorp. Now, there's a few things we just discussed before we went on air, but um, you wanted to talk a little bit about the history and how four years ago there was a merger between Tabcorp and TATS. Is that the
1: case? Yes, that's right, Phil. And I thought it'd be worthwhile for listeners just to understand a bit of the history. Most people would recognise Tabcorp as the TAB, which is what their heritage is, their history. And in fact, they, they run the TOTE for every state except for West Australia in Australia. But four years ago, they merged with, effectively bought out TATS, which is the lotteries business, but also TATS ran some betting, wagering, horse racing type stuff as well. And so it's interesting now that they've merged the two companies that the big news, of course, the announcement that was made is that they're now going to demerge. They announced that in uh, July, didn't they, this year? Yes, that's right. And so four years down the track, they've decided that it's actually in the best interest of shareholders to demerge. This is not exactly creating the old TATs and the old Tabcorp, but it's not that far away from it. (laughs) So it's very interesting by way of background to understand that.
0: Yeah. Why did they do that? I mean, have they um, mentioned a reason why they wanted to do this demerger?
1: Yeah, absolutely. They think there's more value and if you think about what they've done, what they've done is they've plucked out the wagering bit out of TATS and stuck it into the Tabcorp part and they've plucked out the Kino business out of the old Tabcorp and whacked that into the Lotteries business. And so what they're effectively doing is they're going to demerge the Lotteries and Kino, although Kino is a very small part of the business, they're going to demerge that as a separate company. And so they think that that's going to unlock shareholder value. They said when they merged the companies that it was going to create shareholder value, so it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, they think that's going to create shareholder value. And they think that the two companies focused on their core competencies will allow them to grow more effectively. And I think that's sort of a lot of the reason or why they're doing this another thing is that the two companies have a little bit of a different esg profile so tabcorp as it is now rates pretty poorly on esg filters so a lot of big investors super funds they will exclude weapons manufacturers and gambling companies for example they're two very classic ones that they tend to exclude on ethical investing grounds and so no matter how you cut and dice tabcorp they've got this gambling element and they fail on that they're very aware of this by the way tabcorp and so they've done their very best in terms of working with community in terms of working with the horse racing industry in terms of gambling responsibly they've got a whole bunch of programs they were rated number one by dow jones sustainability in the gambling sector in the world. So I think they have taken it as seriously as they can, but fundamentally you can't change a gambling company. It is gambling. Yeah, and
0: it's interesting though that um, you see on TV now so many ads for different gambling platforms as well. And it is a legitimate industry and there's a lot of people who enjoy I'm not one of them, it makes no sense at all to me, but um, there seem to be a lot of people who enjoy doing it and, and it is a legal pursuit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the problems that Tabcorp's face is because they are running the tote, the official tote, they have some certain other obligations and some of their streams of their income go to the state government to support these for example, horse racing industry and so on, whereas the bookmakers, the Ladbrokes and the sports bets and so on, they don't have direct support to those industries.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? It's a real interesting uh, dichotomy there, isn't it, that one actually is putting money into government coffers?
1: Yeah, it is. And we're going to come to this later, but this has an interesting connection to political donations. But I'll come back to that later. You know, the big challenge for the Tabcorp is these bookmakers who are coming in and promoting themselves and marketing themselves very well. And they're all digital. They're all online. Whereas the Tab Corp, of course, have got all the TAB outlets that they had from you know, 20, 30 years ago. Plus, as most people have seen, you can see a lot of TAB outlets in the pubs. And so that's one of their great channels that they have. But of course, with COVID, those particular outlets have been decimated. So they've really Taken a hit, especially last year, through COVID, which has shut down some of the pubs and shut down the outlets. Whereas the online bookmakers have just continued to go along happily. And then you think about, well, Tab Corp's revenue is going to run the horse racing industry. And these other bookmakers are relying on the horse racing industry to create, you know, a sport, so to speak, to bet on. Free riders, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And so that's Tab Corp's complaint that. They're helping to create these industries, and all these other bookmakers are just free riding on the work that they're doing.
0: Mm. So with the um, the demerger, Mike, is it going to turn into two separately listed companies?
1: Yes, yes, it will. Look, they haven't fully decided. I had a chat with the uh, director and the chairman about this, and you can see they're still working their way through it. But my guess is what will happen is that all TapCorp shareholders will be granted some shares in... This new company, this lotteries company, and then the prices will adjust. So, for, if I take a simple example, let's say that for every share of Tab Corp, you got one share of Lotteries Company. If that happened, then the current price of Tab Corp is about $5. So, the new price of Tab in that scenario, if I'm making these numbers up, probably dropped to $2, and the Lotteries Company would be worth $3. So, when you combine them, it's still $5. But they're two separate companies. So that's probably how it's going to work. And so, from an ethical investing point of view, you'll have a very much a gambling company with the new Tab Corp, with the horse racing and the sports betting and all that sort of stuff. But then you'll have this other company, which will be a lotteries company. And I don't know how ethical investors look at lottery companies. Is that still gambling? Is that still betting? Probably not seen that way. And so, it will probably have a better ESG rating. From investors. So it may actually unlock some shareholder value even in that simple way.
0: Mm. So is there anything else to report from the meeting that you had with um, management and the board?
1: Uh, yeah, look, one of the things that we have noted with Tabcorp over the last several years is they have taken on notice many of the things we've suggested. And so the remuneration structure, I think, over the last three or four years has improved. And so we've said to them, hey, When you demerge, please don't restart the clock on remuneration structures. You know, you've built it up to a pretty good standard. So we'd like to see both companies take that as their starting point rather than start from scratch. The other thing that Tabcorp did last year during a capital raise was they used the pro rata renounceable entitlement rights-off approach, which is one that we favour very strongly because it doesn't disadvantage any shareholder any retail shareholder, if you don't take any action, you still get compensated without having to do anything. And so that's great that they use that. So that was a couple of things we said. The other one we said to them at the meeting was that they are short on their gender diversity. With the retirement of their former chairperson, Paul Dwyer, their um, gender diversity has fallen below sort of guidelines. And we've suggested to them that, hey, you're going to have to create two new boards with this demerger, which is going to happen, you know, in about June next year. So here's your great chance right now to set up a diverse board straight off for both companies. You've got plenty of time to find the right people, the right type of diversity, both gender, geographic, age, all sorts of things you've got plenty of time to set it up and really set up a really good board for both companies. So there are a couple of areas that we touched on.
0: At the meeting, I believe you spoke about political donations and uh, from what I've heard they're equal opportunity (laughs) political donors.
1: Yes, that's right. That is correct. Yes, we did speak about political donations and we have been speaking to them about political donations for the last several years. Tabcorp is one of the top, three or four political donors on the ASX of ASX companies. Last year, for example, they made $190,000 in donations, which, as you point out, is roughly evenly split between the parties. So just the major parties then? Mainly the major parties. I think it's really just the coalition and the Labor Party, yes. Well, first of all, ASA is not in favour of political donations at all so we'd prefer no political donations be made at all. But if you are to make political donations, we would like companies to disclose those political donations transparently in their annual report. Previously, Tabcorp would refer shareholders to the Australian Electoral Commission website to find what their political donations were. So they'd say, well, we've made some political donations and we report them to the AEC. But I challenge anyone on this uh, podcast to go to the AEC and find out how much Tabcorp donated because it's not easy to find. And so we argued that this was not very good disclosure. So what they then did is they disclosed the amount in the governance statement, which is a separate document, which most shareholders wouldn't even... No existed let alone look at and then we said well that's great except that no one reads this we want to see it in the annual report and so actually this year they have disclosed it in the annual report which is at least something but getting back to what we said earlier Phil one of the arguments that Corp use and they firmly believe this and there may be some element of you know not truth but reality in this is that they believe that their advocacy with politicians or their networking with politicians is very important for shareholders because of the point that we raised before, that Tabcorp is effectively funding these industries that bookmakers are using to run wagering on and the other bookmakers are not funding them. And they believe that a lot of politicians don't understand that. And they are trying to make clear to these politicians, this is what they say, that this is the benefit that tabcorp's is bringing and that they shouldn't be disadvantaged against these competitors. And that's the argument they're putting forward to politicians and that's their argument they've made.
0: So it looks like um, ASA will be voting for all of the resolutions at the meeting. Do you want to run us quickly through those, Mike?
1: Yes, yes, Phil. And one of the reasons for this, by the way, is that In many ways, what's happening at this meeting is a little bit moot, given that the demerge is going to happen, and therefore the emphasis we placed in our engagement with Tabcorp was to promote good practices in the demerged companies, because this company that we're talking about now, in its formal sense, will only exist through to June. So bearing that in mind, we voted in favour of the directors standing for re-election. The only one that was Semi-controversial was the chairman, Stephen Gregg, and only on the basis of his workload. ASA has a policy. We obviously don't want directors to have too high a workload because when crises hit, we want them to be able to devote the full amount of time that they can to the company at hand. And so we have a system and a guideline for that. And Stephen Gregg is right at the limit. So we talked about that at the pre-AGM and he's also director at Challenger and he indicated that this will be his last term at Challenger. So on balance, we thought that we would support Stephen Gregg. Then on the remuneration, as I've already mentioned, you know they've made several improvements over time. So overall, we're reasonably comfortable with the remuneration framework that they've got to. And we're voting for, and again, we're emphasising that we'd like them to use this framework as their starting point for both demerged companies. That's the main message we want to send to them. And then the last item is the grant of the performance rights, which really fits under the remuneration framework. So for the same reason, we'll be voting for that. So there's not too many controversial votes in this upcoming AGM, at least from ASA's point of view.
0: But interesting about the demerger, and um, really that's going to be the focus on the company over the next year or so.
1: Yeah, it's all about the demerger. And I think if you're a Tabcorp shareholder, you'd be looking to see that uh, you do get the enhanced value from the demerger, which I suspect could very well happen with focused management on both sides. But it is ironic that that the demerger creates companies that was not too dissimilar from the original Tab Corp and the original TATS. So that seems somewhat ironic.
0: Okay, Mike Mutazov, thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Phil.